Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Blog Talk Radio listeners. You have tuned in to my sister, my friend, a ministry, an internet show sponsored by Granny's Place Ministry. We thank you for listening tonight. We have a guest tonight that is going to enlighten us on the areas of foster care. So we thank you again, and we ask that you call us at 310-982-4126 with any questions you might have for our guest or our panel. And um, I'm going to let Beverly go ahead and introduce her. Beverly? Good evening, everyone. Our guest tonight is Veronica Brown. Mrs. Brown is the uh, married and mother. Of her. I think she has one or two kids, but she's adopted five foster kids. Veronica, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, thank you. Um, what made you decide to be a foster mother? Actually, uh, I had um, was working at a hospital for about five years, and uh, Basically, uh, a lady came to the hospital, I mean, uh, lived off the streets, and uh, she prophesied to me and told me that uh, I was going to start a business doing uh, foster care. And that passed about two years, and I went to uh, sit with a friend that was going out of town for about a couple of days to do foster uh, rescue in her home, and she had... uh, special needs kids, a household of special needs, and we, uh, me and my husband, took care of four kids there. And from there, I had two rooms available in my home, and I told God, you know, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to open my home to help somebody, and it started from there. How long have you been doing it? Actually, I've been doing this for about almost a year. But me and myself, uh, me and my husband, my daughter is now 18 years old, but I took her in from day one. Her mother didn't want her. So, actually, I've been having uh, 21 years in it. (laughs) (laughs) I When I met you, I thought you had, this was your first time doing this, but you've you've got a lot of experiences. Yes, ma'am, I do. What's the most challenging about being a foster mother? Now, the challenging is dealing with the uh, different uh, attitudes when the kids come in your home, uh, you know, because they have been taken from their home. So you have to kind of walk through it with them as if, okay, I'm walking through somewhere blind. I don't know who who to trust and who not to trust. So the challenge is really dealing with, you know, the different uh, attitudes, uh, trying to get comfortable in your home, you know, and, uh, I used to do it my way, or I got I can do this uh, taking care of a sibling. You don't have to do it. Don't touch them. So those are some things you have to kind of deal with, you know, learning where these kids are coming from. It seems like they, when they come in, they put up walls. That's it. To protect themselves. Yeah, yeah. That is are, so the, are the girls more challenging than the boys? Girls, they are. What's the biggest problem with the girls that 
You said they are challenging. What's the biggest problem that you have with them? Well, the biggest problem that you have with the girls is they 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 are already mature, faster than the boys. So you're going to be challenging about, um, let me see, one thing I was challenged with a, a sibling was I've been taking care of uh, my sister for this long. I don't need your help, and uh, let me do this my way. Uh, uh, clothing, your clothing, trying to buy clothing, and they didn't want the proper clothing. So that was big. The change of clothing was a big challenge right there. I wonder was that because for some of them they ra- they had to raise themselves. That's correct. Uh, uh, very much so. Uh, that's that's very correct because my youngest uh, seven year old uh, was taking care of the two and three year olds, and that's correct. She was raising herself uh, and the kids, so she was the mama to those kids. But with the boys, is there an issue of um, always wanting to be the man? in the house and not take orders from you? Yes, I have that problem. Yes, I have. Uh, Boys not wanting to, uh, I would uh, say, wouldn't take orders from a woman. They didn't want to do that. So I did have, that was a very big challenge right there. When my husband was gone to work, I'm the only woman around, so it was a very much challenge. We're not going to take orders from you. That's the way that they looked at it. So it, it is a very challenge with the boys. What about racially? Well, yeah, it's 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 all all of the uh, racials. You know, uh, no one left out. I mean, that's just what it was. And I've had all Mexican, white, black, all same thing. So. Would we be safe to assume that all of them came from the same type of background, or would some have come from? Have you had any to come from? Well, considered maybe middle income, upper income. I have. That, I, yeah. I have had some come from the middle income, uh, and pretty just low income, middle and low right now. Okay. So from the middle-income kid that perhaps went into foster care because what would the parents usually have gone for, to, what would have caused the parent to give up their child in that income level? Well, you know? okay, in, in one income level, you, you you know, because like I said, I'm learning a lot about uh, CPS, and it, it it could be a number of reasons for as, let's say, uh, a mother uh, got sick or something and couldn't afford to take care of her kid anymore because she had to go in the hospital and there was no one to take care of the child. So I've had those type of kids here, as well as, uh, you know, uh, one parent maybe get incarcerated for something and until, you know, proper uh, procedures are done to go through, uh, they come into care as well until CPS say, well, let me... Uh, go through the family and find out who's capable of keeping these kids. So we have a list of, it's not just abused kids or anything like that. It's all kind of reasons that kids will go into foster care. That's enlightening because most time we we assume that it's because of um, 
drugs or abuse yes. or, you know, parents just walking off and leaving the kids. And I tell people no one is exempt, even, you know, people that are uh, losing jobs, uh, you know, kids going foster care until that mother or father are able to get up on their feet because they didn't lost a home or something. So, no, it, it, it's non-exempt whatsoever. I, I, um, I heard that, I think it was last year or something, they were talking about that on the news about when the uh, economy changes, a lot of things happen inside the home where there's a lot more abuse, a lot more abandonment, and usually the children bear the brunt of it. You find that so in the kids that you, you receive in your foster care? Yes, yes. It is, it is. Uh, uh, quite a sum that I have to turn down, but yes, ma'am, it is like that within foster care. That's kind of challenging, to, too. We've got so many situations with kids out here today. The ones that and leave we, home, the one. Go ahead. No, no, and what you're saying is true. No, ma'am, what you're saying is true. And it's a lot of um, basically what I have learned to deal with is also in special need kids. I mean, it's a lot of um, the uh, parents don't have time to deal with them because of work or whatever. That's another reason kids go into foster care as well because especially when they're special needs, the parents don't have time. Or I, I wouldn't say don't have time, but don't want to take the time. So you have all those kind of reasons why these kids come into these homes. I've heard that before about the parents not um, when the kids get ill. I know sometimes the father rejects the kid, but you would think that the mother wouldn't want to reject it, but we're finding that the mothers also reject these kids when they come in with these special health problems. They they don't want to deal with it. That's so correct, and you would be amazed uh, how many uh, special needs kids uh, are in foster care because of you, what you're saying. The mother don't want to take care of the child, so that's true. I know when I've seen some articles, they've talked about how um, when kids come in with special needs, like kids with autism and uh, real serious health problems, um, how that'll cause to break up marriages, and I think the kids. Uh, also go into foster care is because the mar- marriages break up, and that's a real trauma for kids that are not suffering from health conditions. But it's got to be really traumatic for those that you get in that uh, the, either one of the parents wanted them and they that's divorced. Correct. That's correct. I just had a um, a young man was going through the same thing, and uh, just learn about the Phenobithia. Uh, but uh, that's the same thing he was dealing with. Nobody wanted him. I mean, it's it, it's very heartbreaking to uh, uh, really listen to these kids' stories. So, yeah, that is, that is so true, Beverly. What do you use to, um, when you need some time alone just for Veronica, what do you do? Well, Veronica, I uh, get out and um, go and... I like helping people, so I work in an outreach as well as volunteer my time and do things like that. 
uh, I, I think that's just my enjoyment. If I can help somebody else, that's what I like doing. Uh, in another downtime, uh, I write uh, poems, uh, and I like going fishing. So if I can do one of those things, I'm okay. Yeah, the fishing does kind of take you away from things for a minute. Yes, ma'am. For it a does. minute. <laughs> But it does. When you when do you write when you write your poems? Do you write about the situations with the boys? About you know, any of the experiences? No, I have not wrote anything like that yet. But but I give them uh, something uh, to. Um, I think the last poem that I read to them was called "Don't Give Up." So uh, yeah, I write stuff like that and I read it to them. Yeah, so. I have a very talented boys here, so we do a, a what inspire you uh, every day when they come in from school. So we uh, continue to, and I, I get ideas from them as well. So they kind of build me up as well. Yeah, I met them. They're they're real nice boys. Um, I sense that with the two Hispanic boys that you have, the older boy uh, is like what you talked about, the girl talking about she's taking care of the other ones all this time, and that older boy seemed like that was what he was for his brother. That's correct. And he continues to do it as that is so true. Yeah, but just because um, when the boys have parents that are in jail, how do they communicate with their parents? Do they write letters or are they allowed to call them? They are. They are. They are. They are allowed to do both. How often do they, you know, the, the boys that you have, the, the brothers there, do they hear from their mom? Every other day. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Uh-huh. Every that's other good. Day. And what about the young man that's uh, ill? No. Okay. I couldn't be in that situation and not be able to um, give him some news about his mom at some time. That would just break my heart not to be able to say something. Right, right. How do you deal with that? Well, actually, uh, we pretty much, uh, he doesn't like talking about it, so we pretty much, uh, as they say, they look at us being the, uh, mother and father to him, you know, and that's something that we we share with him a lot. You know, we thank God for that. You know, keep him going. We do family things, you know, outings, and just try to come together every night and talk about different things. You know, how was your day? Uh, how did you make it through the day? Somebody did something to you. So basically, we do things like that to keep a person's mind going. And plus, they have therapy. The therapists come out of here and talk with them. Oh, everywhere. great! Uh-huh. Great. So they have. I read something years ago about uh, a couple of years ago, I think, for Texas when they changed their rules on foster care. Is it true that you have a lot of forms and stuff that you have to fill out if, if you're a foster parent now? Okay, like you do, uh, you're talking about to become a foster parent, or once you get in it, do you? Once, have, once you oh, become a yeah, once you become a foster parent. Now, now, after you become a foster parent, it's really not. It's just documentation, just like a journal. If the child mm-hmm. is having a bad day, just like at school, if they're having a bad day or, 
you want the right to behavior down and say, okay, this is what that person did today that was out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, so it's not as, no, it's not as, some agencies don't require a lot and some do. I'll put it like that. So it depends okay. on that you go and, and sit in the uh, uh, orientation or find out about the program that you're about to get in. And the main thing that I want to let people know that find out uh, what agency helps out with the child when they first come into your home because basically uh, it does take a minute. When these kids come to your door, they have nothing but a backpack. And a backpack may not be nothing in there but a, car, uh, a shirt and a pair of pants. So find out which agency is going to help to try to get them some clothing uh, until the paperwork has went in with CPS because that's the biggest challenges that you have when a child comes to your house and they don't have anything. Do you recommend that parents that other people who have maybe one kid or no kids or maybe the kids have left home and gone off to college but they're still uh, interested in being parents, do you uh, prescribe that they become foster parents? I, I really would. I, I really, if you have uh, the heart to do it, not just focus on the money, because it really takes a person with a heart to do the, take the time out for that child. Uh, if, if your kid is gone off, you have an extra room, it is really, really needed. I mean, you wouldn't believe where if uh, we don't have a place to put these kids. Some of them have to go to a homeless shelter. So it's really needed. If you can open your home just for one child and just see how it works, you know, it really would be a big help. It really would. I, I never knew that they would put a, a kid, a foster care in a, in a homeless shelter. Yes, ma'am, they sure will. Yeah, I, yes, ma'am, I found out this about two months ago. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Yes, ma'am. But I, I know that the state is low on funds, so would that be one of the reasons? Do you have problems getting funding? Well, pretty much. Uh, you, I did. I had a child here with her, here for two months and did not get any type of uh, funding for him on clothing. And when they first go into uh, CPS custody after so many days or whatever, they're supposed to have a uh, voucher, clothing voucher. But it was, it was, this child was here literally for over two months before I got any, you know, help. Well, I'm really proud of you taking on that venture of taking on someone else's children. And I know the children not only come on with backpacks on their back but they also come in with baggage in their hearts and in their that's minds right. trying to understand right, why why this happened. That's right, Deborah. That is so true. I um when I was thinking about you today and this and the kids with the foster care, um, I had an incident this weekend with my little nephew and something happened with his mom and perhaps this has happened with you with the, your kids with your foster care is he felt like she had left him. And my husband and I were going out to the garage, and we said, okay, stay in the bed. We'll be right back. And he said, are you leaving me? And it just shocked us so bad for him to say that because we were just saying we were just going right out and coming right back in. Mm-hmm. How does that affect you when those kids come in and they just tell you that, you know, my mom just left me? How do you help him understand that she that she will come back, or what do you do? Well, 
you, uh, that was what I say. If they said they mom just left him, I said, okay, first of all, mom had to get herself together. Let's let's find out the reason. Because dealing in foster care, they want these kids, they, they don't hide anything from these kids at all. And they explain to these kids that they have a right to know where the mom's at, where the father's at. They have a right to know all this. So they want... Uh, let me see how can I put it, have a breakdown while they're at uh, a home. So they want to be told the truth. That's one thing that uh, I had to make sure that these kids that come into my care are told the truth about where their parents are. So when they're visiting that somebody's not telling them, oh, you're coming home within a week, and, you know, a week never happens. So you have kids that have a breakdown after that. So basically, uh, we, we sit down and we talk about, okay, mom has to get us that together. You know, it's going to take some time. If we got visits, we're going to make sure you go to your visits. So you want to kind of keep, I mean, CPS do uh, want uh, the kids united back with their families, uh, even family members. They, they do. They really want this. So I've had one child that has been united back with his sister. So basically, uh, you do want to keep the positive going as well as the truth. No, that's good. That's good because at least they know what's going on. I think it's helpful for them to know because I just told him mom made a mistake and, she, you know, she'll she'll be right back because I can yeah. see not telling them the truth. He's, he's smart that's enough good. to know that something happened. Right, right. Have you ever yeah. talked to the parents? Of any of these kids? No. Okay. Is that because of CPS or is that because of the parents? Well, it's to a certain point, it's CPS as well. Okay. Okay. I thought maybe sometimes the parents may check to see if their kid is doing okay, so they would have to call CPS and not you. That's right. They would have to go to the caseworker. Oh, okay. 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 I'm understanding this now. I've read yeah, a lot yeah. about foster care, but when you're talking to someone who's actually doing it, it's a lot different from what you read. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Lysandra? Yes, I do have a few. I've jotted down here, uh, Ms. Brown. Uh, I'd like to know, what is the step-by-step procedure that you usually have to go through to get to be a foster parent? I've uh, heard some things, and I would just like for you to clarify on some of the steps that you have to do. Okay, the step is, you're going to have to find the time. Make sure you have the time. With me and Mr. Brown, my husband, in, we went to orientation uh, to see what you have to go to the requirements. One of the requirements is that you uh, do have a background check done, uh, FBI check, I'm sorry. Uh, also, uh, basically, you do have to have an, uh, establish a job. You do have to have a working job. And uh, let me see, is that with sure. one parent or both parents? Well, they have uh, a deal for one parent as well because a single person can do it as well. Okay. They do have an income. Uh, uh, I think I want to say it's fifteen uh, for a single person, fifteen a year. I want to say. 
if I'm not wrong, but I think it is 15 uh, a year. You at least make that much. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to make sure I'm not uh, giving you everything. Uh, you're in a home. Like, I have an all-boys home, so basically I'm licensed to do eight kids here. And uh, you do your prior inspection. You do have to have that. Uh, car, driver license, insurance, things like that. But the main thing is getting into an agency and then finding out what the agency offers and how long, uh, many hours you need for the class. That was going to be my next question. I, I hear you saying that there are different agencies um, mm-hmm. that provide foster care. Now, these agencies that provide the foster care, are they getting these kids through CPS also? That's that's correct. That is correct. Okay. Because so, you do you do have to go through an agency in order to get uh, so far that I know of of uh, CPS kids. So they go through an agency to get the kids as well. Okay, and you have to take classes that range from what's the length of time are the classes that you have to take, and do you have to pay to take these classes, or are they given no. free or what? No, the, the classes I we took were free. But, like I say, every agency is different because I'm finding out some agencies don't require, so whatever standard, uh, that's a good, that's another thing. You need, if, you, if you can, go online and go up on the uh, CPS and find out. Uh, they, have, they have everything on their website to tell you about foster parents, to become a foster parent. What are the requirements? Uh, how many hours before? You can do that before you go look up, uh, for an agency online. So that way you won't, you know, you'll know what this agency is telling me. I need this many hours when state is saying this is my only requirement. So you want to look into things like that. Okay. Um, you said the income for a single parent can be at least 15000 a year? That's correct. For one kid? Okay. Now my next question would be, the is there an agency that mainly provides special need kids to special to parents that uh, that want to do special need, uh, or can you choose to be a special need parent or what? Okay, you you can on both. There is an agency that provides special need care, and CP. Uh, well, there is agencies that you know you could say, well, I'll just go on special need. So. Both, you're correct. Are there more stringent qualifications for you to be a special need parent? Do you, again, do you have to take special need classes to deal with the type of child that you're going to be encountering, or uh, do you just go with your instinct or what? How do they, how do no. they handle that? No, when you take the uh, classes, you're, you're taking that whole thing right there to deal with special needs. Then okay. once you that took and got your certificate or whatever, it's your decision if that's what you want. So, no, it's all in one. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is uh, the classes that you take to become a foster parent has classes included for special needs children. That's correct. Oh, wonderful. That sounds really good. So they train you on all aspects of whatever kind of child you're going to get, whether it's going to be psychological, physical, uh, you know, like that, right? Right, right, right. And another okay. thing, uh, uh, what really was a great that uh, one agency did have us to do was uh, you also want to, I think they 
one agency required to go in the home and do, I think, I'm trying to see how many hours. But anyway, I probably, like, uh, think 20 hours or something like that. You go and work in a home. Find a foster home to go work in. And that way you see if you like, you know, to do that type of work before you go to the classes. Okay, that's wonderful. Now, the monetary uh, rewards for these kids, or well, I'm not going to say reward, are what are you paid for? Does it um, depend on the child or the age, or how 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 does that come about? You have your basic, you have your moderate, and you have your uh, special needs. So, yeah, your three levels. Okay. And basic, uh-huh. that's what I'm going to ask you. Go ahead and explain that. And I think the basic level is right at, I want to say, 26 or $27, and your moderate goes up about 32 and then your special need is uh, 58 Okay, on that basic and moderate, does that is that determined by age of the kid, or how is that determined? No, no, it's not determined by the kid. It depends on uh, what their, you know, what their attitude or behavior is. Oh, really? Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because okay. you know, you you thinking about okay, well, this is something I'm really dealing with with the behavior. Mhm. Uh, so they're paying the, uh, more for if you have a misbehaving child or a child that has some mental uh, stuff going right. on. Okay. Right. Right. Very challengeable, you know. Yeah, the challenge kids. Now, on the age group that uh, you have, do you have a certain age group range that you just basically take in, or will you take babies or older children that's 16 to 17 years old? How does that work? It's up to you because, yes, my age range starts here from – Nine. At first, it was from nine till sixteen years old. So, okay. yeah, you do have an age limit on what what you want to work with. Okay. Well, what is the rate? Uh, what is the uh, percentages of children? Are there more infants or toddlers or uh, ages three to six, six to nine children age range that are the most populated? Most populated are the infants and the teenagers. The infants and the teenagers. Okay. And the infants range from one day to, uh, what, two or three years old? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. And uh, what would you say that the um, percentage rate of uh, foster children is it? Is that uh, like... What's the population, if you can tell me? You said it was great. How great is it? Is it just like thousands of kids or hundreds yes, of yeah. kids? Or, let me or, let me put, let me put it to you like this. It's um, I didn't have kids from oh my god uh, from other states here. Okay. That's how how much is needed. Um, not just from the metroplex that I'm in, but just from other you know, states that are they're trying to place kids in home, Corpus Christi, California, you know, stuff like that. So it's needed. It's all over. This is a very big 
seen because when they can't place them, they have to send them to the um, the homes. The uh, the um, what is it? Uh, I'm sorry. She, uh, yeah, let me ask you about that. I did have jot that question down. You said uh, they put the kids in a shelter. What age range is that? That they go to shelters? Well, because if they don't have anywhere to put them. Mm-hmm. So basically, yes, they have to, they put kids in shelters. How old? Because well, that's what I don't know what are the ages, but because of uh, you know, just like we're told, these kids are considered uh, homeless. So same thing in a the shelter; they're considered as homeless. So that's a good question. I don't I don't know the age, but.
Well, you you you're gonna keep that any anyway. But the journal is pretty much going toward the CPS worker as well as uh-huh. med- the uh, medication law that they're okay. you know you have to sign daily for the ones that are men, okay. and um, actually for the therapist when the therapists come in, you're gonna talk to the therapist about and get back to the behavior because mm-hmm. they you know there is a part that. Uh, if that child is really acting out in your home, that you do uh, uh, talk with the therapist to get that child somewhere else to, so he can, you know, uh, be somewhere where he, uh, doctor can work with him. Okay. Um, how often do they do you are you evaluated or are these kids evaluated? Is it do they come by every six months or every ninety days or? Um, what kind of system do they have in place? What kind of protocol do y'all have to yeah. go through? Now, if the kids are uh, on medication, they have to go to, I mean, if, if it's they're not bad, which I don't have any, you know, any kids bad at this time, but they, mine were going to the doctor uh, every month, monthly, and again, the uh, therapist come by every week. Oh, Okay. Me, and I'm then that's also, there's also the CPS worker. If you're having yeah. some issues, you know, the CPS worker will be out to talk to them. Okay. You know, because basically, you know, you're letting the kid know you can't have the upper hand. We do have other places to put you. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, what? How do you all handle runaways? Have you ever encountered any of that? I have not had a runaway, and I think that... Uh, I not want to run away at this time, <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't. I haven't had any runaways. And then I live in the country, so they probably scared to run away out here. <laughs> have you heard any uh, <laughs> stories? Or why don't you share one of your most interesting uh, times or moments that you've had with the with the boys that made you really, really happy that you you've done this or made you really, really sad that you've done it. Do you have any um, instances? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I pretty much uh, have two boys that were here without a mother. Okay. And? Hello. 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 We we lost her. Let me see if I can get her back. Um, Yvonne, are you still there? Yvonne got a mute. Oh, okay. Thought she was. No, no, no. (laughs) Hold on. Let me get see if I can get her back with us. Yeah. Um, Callers, those of you that are listening tonight. Uh, if you like, you can call us and ask Miss Brown some questions. Once I get her back on the line here, uh, our number is three one zero nine eight two four one two six. If you give me a second here, I'm trying to dial her back up and get her back on the line with us. I hope you are enjoying and getting some uh, good information. Hello, this is Veronica. Please leave a detailed message, and I promise I will return all calls promptly. Okay, maybe she's trying to call us in. 
Miss Brown, if you are listening, dial us in at 310-982-4126, 310-982-4126. We'd love to have you rejoin our conversation tonight. Um, uh, so far, Beverly, what is your take on this conversation that we're having with Miss Brown? Maybe, she's, maybe we can get her. Hello, this is Veronica. Please leave a detailed message, and I promise I will return all calls promptly. Thank you, and you have a blessed day. Miss Brown, we're trying to get you at 310-982-4126. If you can, give us a call back. We would love to continue our interview with you. Thank you. I was going to ask, Yvonne, what do you think about uh, what she has to go through as a foster mother? Oh, I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, I, you know, there were several questions that I was thinking of as she was speaking, more on a personal level as far as, you know, how does she uh, manage? You know, I thought it was a great question, Beverly, that you asked as far as what does she does for herself. But um, just knowing, and you know, I have a relative that went through the foster care system uh, in the Northeast, and I know there's all kind of horror stories. So I wanted to find out from her, how does she deal with children who maybe have come from other um, maybe abusive foster homes, you know? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Because, she, you know, she's right. You definitely want to have a heart to do this kind of thing. And as we're learning just some of the uh, uh, just some of the basic information from her as far as how women can get involved. But I think, uh, as we often talk about on our show, it's just the emotional wear and tear that it can have on us as women as well. You know, and how, you know, how does she manage that? How does she manage her relationship with her husband and, you know, keeping that positive, especially with five young men in the house, you know, <laughs> that all present well, challenges. I, I, I met her husband, and he said they, I think they live out in the country in Lancaster, and they do a lot of activities with the boys. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a very gentle nature, gentle nature when I met him in the in the boys and they came up to the church last uh, last Wednesday, and so he says they try and do a lot of family activities with them, um, so that the boys will feel well. One, keep them busy. Two, they'll feel like they're part of a family. And when I met the boys last week, the first time I met them, they all came and they were picking up stuff for their beds that they were getting, and they were all very nice and friendly and. And um, excited about going, getting ready to go back to school. And then when I met him on Wednesday, the two brothers were there, and uh, the youngest one ran up to her and called her mom and came and gave her a hug. And uh, it seems like her and the, Mr. Brown spent a lot of their uh, time with them. Uh, mm-hmm. She has the one young man, Joel. He's in the hospital. He's the one that has the spinal bifida. But he's a very nice young man. So they seem like they're very caring adult, uh, parents, and they're looking out because she's taken her living room and took it down and uh, made it into a study room for the boys so that they can um, uh, have a place to study. And she got them a laptop at one of the stores. So she's yeah, taking a real big heart. Yeah. Yes, she does yeah. seem to have a very big heart. 
because yeah. I think yeah, it would be kind of challenging. You you have to have that heart to be able to have the patience out first of yeah. all to deal oh, with yeah. that kind of situation. Especially with talking about boys. Yeah, for girls boys too, too, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this day and age. It's gonna take a lot. But is there anybody out there listening? Uh, call us at three one zero nine eight two four one two six and share with us your thoughts. We'll be more than happy to talk to you about it and try to find out the information you need. And if you're listening, you know that now now you know that there's a great need for foster parents. And I admonish those who have a heart and who have patience for foster children. Uh, why don't you try to get involved in doing that? Because these kids need us today also, just as we need to help our sisters uh, overcome situations in their lives. These children also need us to help them overcome in their lives. So if you have a heart, if you want to be of service to somebody, if you want to be a help to a kid that is in need right here in your town, in Dallas, Texas, there are places that you can go. You can go online, as she said, and go to the CPS website and find out everything you need to know about becoming a foster parent. I admonish you, those with those big hearts and have time and have patience and just want to help someone, help a child in need, go to the CPS website and click on that link that says to become a foster parent and, and find out what you need to do for these children because we all need to give and give back as God has given to us because somebody listening has a heart. Somebody listening, God has brought through something of this nature, of this magnitude, that you are supposed to be able to give back. The Bible says once you have overcome, you have to strengthen your brother. So why don't you just go to the CPS website and look on there where it says how to become a foster parent and try your hand at it. I don't think you uh, have to be obligated for a long time. You might can find out there, you know, what you have to do to help a kid. Okay? Beverly, do you have any comments? Yeah, some of the programs, I know they do have some programs where the kids go stay for short periods of time, like if the parents going through a drug treatment program or they're uh, in some type of uh, uh, maybe a couple of years or something in jail or going through some health uh, situation or something, or mental or physical. So they do have those parents where they only keep the kids for short periods of time, not where they're in there for long durations. And, you know, some kids grow up from foster home to foster home. And that was one of the other questions, I, like Yvonne, I wanted to know about that because that uh, has a great impact on a lot of kids that they come out. Uh, sometimes by the time they've got to the last foster home, they're about maybe 16 or 17 years old. They've been so abused mentally and physically that sometimes it's really hard to deal with them. So uh, we don't really know why these kids, some of them are in jail, why they're in jail, because some of them have been treated really bad. And it just breaks your heart to know that someone would uh, hurt a child just and why someone would just throw their children away. Um, I got a call today about... Where that yeah, uh, got that in, yeah. 
the one left Mother that newborn baby. Yeah, on somebody's doorstep. You know, we we don't ever know what the parent may be going through or yeah. what that person you know has been through. So that's just why we should open up our hearts to these children, to our sisters, and and let them know that there is help available. There is resources for them uh, out there uh, to be helped. Some things we don't have to go through alone because with God and with your parents and your friends and your loved ones, there's help. There's resources. So know that you're not alone That where you have to resort to some things that we do. Uh, I just find yes. it strange that someone would leave a newborn baby on the doorstep of someone and when they have the fire station that they can take the baby to and leave it there, they're not going to ask you any questions. Maybe they might ask you your name, or but otherwise they're they're going to take the child. Just you know, think about it and take it to someone who you who you know that's going to make sure that the child is properly cared for. Well, now they don't have to even ask, they can't ask you your name if you just give the baby over. They can't ask you any questions. They can just. You can just drop the baby off yeah, at the fire station, at the police station, you know. Uh, take it to Walmart or something. Walk up to a manager and say, "Here, you know, here's my baby. At least don't leave it outside where anything could happen to the baby. Um, and that's the other thing about the program is that we know that a lot of people are going through a lot of things these days. Uh, some due to the economy, others just because of life situations. And we do want the women out there to know that we understand that a lot of things happen. Things happen because we make poor decisions, sometimes because we're dependent on other people and they let us down. And some things happen just they're just life trials and, and tribulations and we have to go through them. But the greatest part of the show and the reason for it is to let you know that you don't have to go through it alone, that you're not the only person that these things have happened to. There's very few situations in life where only one or two people have gone through it. Most of us have experienced it at one time, so we want to let the women know out here if you just if you know someone that's going through something and maybe they just want to talk out and not give their name, then call us on Monday nights and, and just get it on out in the air and, and sometimes it makes you feel better. It makes you breathe a lot better. And you get yes, to and talk to someone to listen. So yes, we want to encourage the women to call in. So true, Beverly, because well, I feel that once we can get it in the air, we don't have to know your name. We don't have to know where you are. What we want to do is give you information to help you to encourage you, to lift you up, ladies, if you're going through something, if you know someone who is going through. You can be an intercessor for them. You can call and say, well, hey, I talked to my sister, my friend, and they made a suggestion, what about? What do you think about that, or what do you think about yeah. this? Because if one person hears a solution to what somebody else may go, be going through from my sister, my friend, we've helped somebody, and that's our intent with this show, to help our sisters, to give them information, to lift them up, to make them feel loved, because we're all 
our brothers keepers and our we we're gonna say we're our sisters keepers and we're gonna yeah. be here for you. We want you to call in on Monday nights from eight to nine o'clock and talk to us. Whatever, whatever you need to talk about, whatever you're hurting, or what if you need information, if we don't have it right at that time, we can get it for you. We will get back with you on it, or you can call us. We'll give you our uh, number that you can reach us, and you can call us back and find out if we find out what you need to know. And uh, we have great resources through the ladies that are on our panels, and we just want to be available for each of you in Ask God to also keep you. And if we have ladies out there that need prayer, that just want to just get God's blessings from one of us, or we'll be more than happy to pray with you. Those that are not Christian or you know, don't want prayer, we'll listen to you. We we're just here for you. Call us. Our number is three one zero nine eight two four one two six. We're available every Monday night from eight to nine o'clock. Uh, with that being said, I'd also like uh, Beverly to go ahead and tell them about our name change so that they'll know that we are going to still exist under Granny's Place, but we have a new name. Go ahead, Beverly. Well, um, the Lord has just taken us in different directions. Uh, when we initially started out, we were looking at um, doing a foster home and and maybe that may come to pass, but at the present time, the Lord is leading us to outreach ministries, helping families um, with clothing and bedding and uh, finding food and uh, help with utilities and, and paying rent and stuff like that. So we are changing our name to Granny's Place Ministries. We'll still, at, for the present time, be doing it as doing business as Granny's Place uh, for some other legal matters, but... We're working with some of our partners to help families with getting food. Salvation Army is uh, helping families right now with paying their rent. So if you need some help with paying your rent right now for Salvation Army in Dallas and Fort Worth, please give us a call at 605-203-0121, and I'll send an email blast out on that. And um we're also helping some of the uh, areas with bedding and, and uh, comforters and sheets and stuff that we're getting from one of our uh, donors and also providing some clothing for women. We're looking at getting some other things to help families, uh, partnering with another organization that will help us with children's clothing and children's uniforms that we were able to uh, uh, get from Mrs. Brown, which I've got to go pick up. And so we're expanding and um, becoming uh, more knowledgeable about the resources that are out here and uh, opening up our doors to helping more families and trying to just meet the needs of today with food and clothing and uh, some things that we need to cover our bodies and stuff. And so if we can help you in any way, whether it's through prayer, uh, through donations of food or anything like that or uh, we can help you with your utility company, maybe getting some delays for you or something so so you get all your money together. Um, we're more than happy to help those that are in need. So if you give us a call at 605-203-0121, we'll be glad to uh, send you a client application or we can fill it out on the phone or email it to you. 
and if we can provide uh, assistance to you, we, we will. If we can find an organization that can help you, we will. So just let us know. Also, Yvonne Gonzalez is uh, working on a marriage project, and we'll be creating some seminars for Yvonne to meet with young mothers who are needing help on becoming great mothers. And her and LaShonda will be working as a team on that project. And so we've got quite a few things that we're going to do, and we're also looking at joining another sports organization that's being created in Dallas called the uh, North Texas Oilers, and uh, that's going to help with young kids from 4 to 12 playing different types of sports, soccer, basketball, football, and young girls for cheerleading. So Randy's Place Ministry is going to be stretching our arms out and partnering with organizations across Dallas to help meet the immediate needs of our community. Amen. That's about it. Hey, ladies, if I can just uh, say something to our listeners here. If that's okay, I wanted to, um, for anybody that's listening, on the Internet, if you go to www.childwelfare.gov, that gives you a lot of information in general about uh, foster care and a lot of the foster care statistics. Uh, One of the things I know Ms. Brown talked about with her having five boys is hopefully it doesn't come as a surprise to our listeners, that um, over 58%, excuse me, 52% of um, of the foster care population is male and 48 is female. And, and like she said, a lot of, yeah, she said a lot of them are either infants or teenagers. So, and that was also confirmed there. And then locally in Texas, um, you can always go, and we mentioned it to CPS um, website, but that's www dot dfts dot state dot tx dot us and um, that's the Department of Family and Protective Services. So I know oftentimes we don't like to think of foster care as an option, but it really touched my heart when Miss Brown said that you know sometimes because the family's going through a hard season, you know the the sacrifice of the mother is to you know have the kid go into foster care because they feel like they can't parent or, you know, both the parents can't parent right now because they can't provide the basic needs. So, um, you know, that was really deep when she said that. It really touched me. I've, uh, I pastor uh, Richard Terry. He was in foster care. And mm-hmm. his brother was, I think it was he and two of his brothers were in foster care. And he got adopted out, and I think one of his brothers passed away early this year. But I don't know if that brother got adopted out. But by their being in foster care, they didn't have a close relationship with each other. Because he got adopted out and and um, he got two wonderful parents. But I don't think the other brother had it the way that uh, Pastor Terry did. So it really does have a great impact on the men and the women that we see out in society today. We really don't know the background of a lot of these kids that we encounter today, and a lot of them that are in prison systems. A lot of these kids were the foster kids that, and were the kids that the parents walked off and left. Or some of them, like them, some of them that died and there was nobody, nobody stepped up to take care of them. So we have a lot of issues with our kids for these that, days. For that information, Beverly, we are rounding down. Um, oh, great. A quick 
Compare, and thank you, ladies, for joining us tonight. And Ms. Brown, if you're still listening, we would love to continue our conversation with you at a later time. Uh, audience, guests, those listening, join in to see on the inside on Saturdays from uh, 8 to 9 o'clock with Deacon Joel Lewis. In the name of Jesus, I come to you right now, Father, thanking you for this day. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to share with our listening audience all the things that are happening in your world. God, we know that you're able to provide for us. We know that there are people here in this world that want to help. God, would you send the laborers to those that need it? God, would you help us to help those that are in need? Would you continue to lead and guide us in the way that you would have us to go? Father, please help us do the things that you have us to do. Father, we pray for the children that are in foster care. We ask that you continue to be a blessing to them, to keep them in your will and in your way. Keep the foster parents. Keep those that are in the care. Keep those that have to do the job at picking the parents or whomever that is in the, the world of foster care. God, bless them as only you can. Father, we thank you for our panel tonight that are available tonight, and we pray for those that were not with us tonight. We ask your blessings upon them. Please continue to just show us and lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us to go. These are the blessings we ask in our son Jesus' name. Amen and good night. Amen. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.